Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Look like we might have a deal in the making. Uh, today we learned that Mondelez International, a global uh, food and snack maker, was making a takeover offer for Hershey. Uh, and it was, according to a person familiar with the matter, we were waiting to have it confirmed. It would have made the world's largest candy maker. Instead, we are learning that that deal has been rejected by Hershey. Catherine Cowdery will have more on that in just a minute from the newsroom. I'm Kathleen Hayes, uh, my co-host Pim Fox on vacation, and we are going to be speaking in this half hour to um, Bloomberg's deal maker correspondent Alex Sherman. He'll talk to us about what was behind the Mondelez bid and what mean what it means now if Hershey has said no, thank you. Well, I'm not going to say no, thank you to Catherine Cowdery. I'm getting right over to her in the Bloomberg newsroom for a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you, Kathleen. And let me see if I can give you a little more information about that Hershey story. Well, Hershey has confirmed that it received preliminary non-binding indications of interest from Mondelez to acquire the company for a mix of cash and stock consideration and a total of about $107 a share for Hershey shares. Now, Hershey had been up as much as 21% earlier today. And its stock is still halted pending more news. Hershey, um, had, Hershey Trust owns 100% of the Class B shares, which hold 10 voting rights per share. And that's according to Bloomberg data. And we will, of course, have more information as it becomes available. Well, the global rally continues today as policymakers signal further steps to buff the impact of Britain's decision to leave the European Union. Mark Carney indicated the Bank of England would cut interest rates within months as the central bank tries to shield the U.K. economy. David Kelly, chief global strategist at J.P. Morgan Funds, on the impact of the Brexit vote. I think there's still a lot of negativity in global markets. One of the things we've seen is we've seen a bounce back in U.S. stocks, uh, but we st- we're still seeing very low yields on U.S. bonds. If anything, the bond market, which was out of whack to start with, is even more out of whack right now. And I think what people are missing is that there is a pickup going on in U.S. economic growth right now. Ten-year Treasury is currently up 10.30 seconds with a yield of 1.47%. And now let's get an update of some of the other stories we're following today on Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Catherine. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Julie Hyman. One week after the Brexit vote, former London Mayor Boris Johnson says he will not run to succeed David Cameron as Conservative Party leader and Prime Minister. Having consulted colleagues and in view of the circumstances in Parliament, I have concluded that person cannot be me. Johnson helped lead the campaign for Britain to leave the EU. He was considered a favorite to replace Prime Minister David Cameron, who is resigning in a few months. A Turkish official says the death toll from a triple suicide attack at Istanbul's Ataturk airport has climbed to at least 44. The country's interior minister says 19 foreign nationals were among the victims. More than 230 others were wounded. Secretary of State John Kerry unveiled the 2016 Trafficking in Persons report at the State Department today. The report assesses government efforts around the world to combat human trafficking. We're talking about slavery, modern-day slavery, that still today claims more than 20 million victims on any given time. This year's report includes narratives for 188 countries and territories, including the United States. 
A new Siena College poll has found New York voters are unimpressed with a series of ethics reforms pushed by lawmakers and Governor Andrew Cuomo. More than half said the measures, which include new rules on lobbying disclosures and spending by independent political groups, will not reduce state government corruption. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Julie Hyman. This is Bloomberg. Catherine? Thank you. And now let's get a quick update of the benchmarks. Dow Industrial Average is up 200 points, 1.1 percent, trading at 17,891. S&P 500 up 22 points, a gain of 1.1 percent. It's trading at 2,092. NASDAQ higher by 47 points, a gain of 1 percent, trading at 48.26. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down $1.55 a barrel, 3.1 percent to 48.32. Spot Gold down $5.10 a ounce to 13.2180. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. The health of the labor market, it will continue to be at the top of the Federal Reserve's list as it continues to watch the economy, the impact of global shocks like the Brexit vote of the U.K. to leave the European Union. But again, the, it's the domestic economy, many say, that will most uh, determine what the Fed do, does next, if it's on indefinite hold, if it even considers a rate hike this year at all. Let's bring in Tom Gimbel now for a more in-depth look at the labor market. He's founder and CEO of LaSalle Network, one of the leading staffing and recruiting firms in the country, based in Chicago. Tom, welcome to the show. Good to be with you, Kathleen. So if you were just looking at jobless claims as a measure of the health of the economy, you'd say, whoa, they're staying at this in this nice low range, you know, anywhere from 250000 to, you know, over 280, but at a, a very low range. But if you listen to Janet Yellen, the Fed chair, if you look at other indicators, uh, there are more job openings. But somehow they don't get filled. There's a lack of skilled workers, it seems. Uh, Janet Yellen talks about wages not rising enough to suggest that the slack is really being taken up. From your vantage point at a recruiting firm, what do you see? Yeah, there's definitely a skills gap. There's no doubt about that, that the, the jobs that are in high demand, as always in, a, in an interesting economy like we're in, sales is always going to be in high demand. But what we've seen over the past 15 years is this change to becoming a, a you know, it went from uh, 15 years ago was, oh, are we going from a manufacturing country to a services business-based uh, country? And now it's gone from a services-based company to a technology uh, country. And what I'm seeing is, is that the Skills gap in in really educated, talented developers and architects and infrastructure folks on the technology side just isn't there to keep up with the demand, and that's why those jobs continually um, you'll see on on reports is very high paying, growth oriented uh, industries where we're not seeing as much as in the the lower level stuff. So now what we're going to end up having my my take is, and for the first time I'm getting a little bit more concerned. I don't think we're going to see interest rate hikes this year. Is we're seeing minimum wage increase in municipalities, state level, and, and federal level soon. And then we're also seeing in December 1st of this year, we're going to see the um, overtime exemption salary point increase from 24000 and change to almost $48,000. And we're going to start seeing unemployment creep back up again. Because companies will say, I can't afford to pay more? 
That's exactly right. So I think the, the goal was of the administration was let's increase wages for all Americans by saying if you're working more than 40 hours a week and you're making over $25,000 a year, you should be getting overtime. What's going to end up happening is people are going to keep people at 40 hours a week. They'll maybe hire one or two more at lower level, lower salaries, which won't be a wage increase. Unemployment's already at 5%. How much lower can it go with qualified people? And or they'll lay those people off and they'll only hire one person back at a higher salary of $50,000. So we're not going to see the, any, any huge changes across the board, and I think the actual end result will be an increase in unemployment. Is one of the uh, challenges of this economy as it moves to more uh, technology? Technology is now part of everything, right? It, it's oh. in how you uh, might outsource some of your jobs to uh, you know an online payroll services firm, something like yep. that, right? So it eliminates the need for you to have a certain kind of workers. And it does that across a lot of companies. So if everybody is doing that, that's one kind of job that's gone, right? I mean, that is to tell technology has, you know, it's a sword that seems to cut two ways. How big of an issue is that for the labor market? Well, that's a big issue, but take it even a different approach. So even if you get to a point where um, technology go into the retail sector and you get restaurants that are going to phase out cashiers and they're going to have kiosks, which is already happening. So, But then what you have is that eliminates that job, but now there's service jobs of people that have to repair those kiosks, right? And that's a job that a, that a human being has to do. But there's a skills gap between somebody who is working in a factory putting bolts on a car and somebody who can go in and work at a kiosk and fix that mm-hmm. from a technology. So we're really at a shortage of yeah. training and development in this country. Well, of course, uh, what you'll find in many factories now, though, is those jobs are very much more sophisticated technologically when you're when you're putting a car together than they used to be but specifically to your example that kiosk and you know ipads instead of people waiting on you that replaces what maybe five six seven workers and you only you only need one person to service the kiosk seems to me that's the issue you you don't create as many new jobs as you potentially destroy there's absolutely no doubt about that, but it does create jobs in other areas, and that's where the skill ge- skill gaps are. So you need to have more uh, tablets being created for those. They're going to wear out more because people are using them. So there's more development, more technology, more manufacturing of the okay. actual device in whatever country that's in, hopefully here, but maybe someplace else. So there are jobs that are being created, but mm-hmm. they're different jobs. Okay, Tom, what would you tell the Federal Reserve? What would you tell Janet Yellen from your vantage point in this, in this labor market uh, industry? What she should or shouldn't do. You got 15 seconds to tell me. Got to keep you. Got to keep interest rates flat. And so I was a huge proponent of her in raising interest rates at the end of last year. I'm glad that happened. Now where we're at, I think we're going to get an increase in unemployment, and she's got to hold flat. Tom Gimble, thank you so very much. First time on the show, thank you for joining me. He's founder and CEO of LaSalle Network, located in Chicago. He said because of this new overtime rule and rising minimum wages, we're going to see some people out of work. At least that's what he sees as a head of a recruiting company, one of the biggest in the country. I'm Kathleen Hayes. This is Taking Stock, and this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Willoughby's since 1898, New York City's boutique camera store for precision-crafted Hasselblad and Leica cameras, plus a full selection of GoPro action adventure cameras, Willoughby's, corner of 5th Avenue and 31st Street.